Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I have an interesting message for you today that I think uh, has some real parallels. Uh, So much has been going on in the world, as you know, and and something interesting that that struck me as I was praying through and contemplating our message for this, this Shabbat right here is I saw a parallel in something that is a macro principle, but is also a very individual personal principle. Uh, and, uh, and and I'll explain to you what I'm talking about as we progress, but, but certainly on a macro level, uh, it struck me that uh, in this season when Israel is at war, which she is right now, as you all know, that our Jewish people have felt more isolated uh, with anti-Semitism. I, I read recently anti-Semitism is up thousands of percent, not 10%, not 15% this year, not 50%, thousands of percent uh, up, over a thousand percent up uh, anti-Semitism right now. That, that's, that's massive, massive. And, and, and our Jewish people have felt more isolated, but yet I noticed that others including those who persecute us, are oftentimes loud and bold. Have you kind of seen this and sensed this? But because we are such a small minority, the Jewish people are such a small minority, y'all. We are such a small percentage of the world. Uh, Oftentimes, when a mob, a mob, comes toward us, our tendency is to kind of close ranks and hunker down a little bit. It's kind of a self-preservation mode that our people oftentimes throughout history, out of necessity just for survival, go into this, this kind of hunker down mode a little bit, and, and we frequently will isolate. And, and we think oftentimes we and our people we, 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 we think that if, if we keep our heads low and, and that others who we think are basically good people will come to their senses and come against things like we saw on October 7th. It just, it just kind of makes, to the Jewish psyche, it just, we, we see the best in people, you know, and uh, and so we, we look and we just, it just, it makes sense that people are going to see this, right? I mean, people 
are, are going to all come against October 7th. I mean, how much clear can you possibly get? And it's just, it's, that's, that is what we all believe. But as we saw just some 80 years ago, this often does not happen, and good people remain silent when evil flourishes. Interesting. And what does that do to us? Well, to us as, as our people, when we see this and we see the, the bold uh, proclamation of, of that which is not good, uh, and we don't see a massive outpouring uh, against it, it makes us feel even more isolated, uh, if you will. And I bet some of you have felt that. I know that I have. It's interesting, our Rebbitson reposted something on social media that I thought was really, really profound. Uh, and she found this and she reposted it on social media. And I thought it was, oh boy, I thought it was very powerful on, on social media. And it simply said this, if you haven't reached out to your Jewish friends in the last few weeks, they have noticed. Okay, why? Because we're feeling very alone right now. But truly, this phenomenon is not regulated solely to our people. Why? Because oftentimes we, even as believers and Yeshua from any background, oftentimes feel marginalized and isolated. We see this in society all the time. Not just presently, I'm talking about over the last many years. If you are a believer in Messiah and have a real love for Yeshua, you're feeling oftentimes by society more marginalized, more isolated. We're put, we're put into this box and told that if we believe what the scriptures say, then, then we're some kind of phobic or, 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 or hateful in some way. Uh, and, and, and we are jeered and we are mocked and shunned. And what that can lead to, y'all, in a very interesting and, and, and parallel way, is we can feel very alone. We can feel very isolated as followers of God when so much of the crowd, as Rabbi E used to say, is, is all marching this way. You know, it's hard to march against the crowd so to speak. Why? It's much easier to march with the crowd. It, 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 there, there's no uh, obstacles, right? But, but, but our calling as mamanim, as believers, is oftentimes to walk against the crowd. Not in, a, not in a combative, hateful way, but rather, on the contrary, in a loving way, but in a truthful way. And furthermore, if you look at it, in our own personal lives, there are many occasions where we feel that other people just don't get us. <laughs> now, some of you may feel that way more than others. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, but I'm talking about not even on a, a macro level, not on a, a global level and a Jewish people or the believers in the world, but I'm talking about just you personally, just you personally in your own life. I don't care how old you are here. It, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make a difference of your background. Oftentimes people feel like that, that other people just don't get us. I mean, that people don't get you. Perhaps, perhaps you're single and you feel as though you have no one to share your heart with. Or maybe you're, you're married and feel as though, even though you're married, your spouse just does not get you. Perchance, you're simply aging and some friends have gone away or you have new challenges in your life that you just don't know quite how to deal with. And, and, and others may try to help sincerely, but you may believe they, they just don't understand. They, it's, they just, I appreciate it, but they just don't understand. Perhaps you're tired of reaching out and have resigned yourself to the fact that you just feel very alone. Now, maybe that's you online. If you're watching online or, or listening to the podcast, may, maybe you feel very alone at times, very isolated at times. But it, it's also said that, that one can be quite lonely even in the midst of a crowd. It's, it's such an interesting principle, isn't it? I mean, that... that even if there's 100 people, hundreds of people, it doesn't make any difference. Even though there are people all around you. I'm going to tell you this. There are people in this room right now where there's so many people in here, and there are people in this room right now that I know feel very alone. Even though they're surrounded by people, you see, I see within all of these scenarios a similar internal conflict. There are some common principles in each of these cases that all have a common theme. But all of these actually also share a mutual solution. Now I'm going to say something, and, and, but then I'm going to go into it more. Because in each of these instances, in each of these instances, y'all, the answer, and this will come as maybe not a shock to many of you, okay? Not, a, not, not implying that it's a deep, uh, profound, revelational, uh, theological, uh, th that shows my great brilliance. The answer is God. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I know I'm, I should be teaching in, well, not those schools. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the answer is God. Now, now, perhaps that answer seems a little trite. But I want to expound on this point as I don't think it's oversimplified. I want to let's look at a passage of Scripture today because, friends, when we go through things like this in life, the answers are also found right in the very words of this ancient book that, although written thousands of years ago, is full of supernatural wisdom for today. Isn't that an amazing thing? Wow, that is just, Lynn, that, that just blows my mind. You're talking about a book that was written thousands of years ago. Boom, speaks. Why? Because the book is not 
just words. It's alive. The book is, the book is alive. Why? Because it's inspired by the Holy God. Psalm 139, please. Psalm 139. If you don't typically turn with me, because I, I go to a lot of different passages and you can't keep up, uh, I, we'll go to a few different passages, but we're going to spend a lot of time in Psalm 139 today, so you may want to flip it to it with me. Wow, the Word of God, it says, is sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the marrow, and we're going we're gonna to go right to the marrow here today on some things that you may have dealt with in your life, that you have been feeling in your life in different forms or fashions, maybe because you're Jewish, maybe because you're a believer, maybe it's none of the above, but just because you're who you are, and, and, and you've been feeling so isolated. You've been feeling alone. You've been feeling lonely. You've been feeling like nobody completely understands, like nobody really gets you. Like nobody's there for you. Like, like, like you're trying to fight all these battles by yourself. And even though people are around you and maybe you have some friends that will periodically reach out to you or maybe you have even a spouse that, that you lay in bed with, but still, you feel by yourself when you deal with certain things that are going on in your head. How do you process it? How do you deal with this kind of stuff? These are good questions. Don't think that, <laughs> I'm gonna say something kind of funny. In thinking this way, don't think that you're alone. That's kind of ironic. Did you get that? Okay, it was a, <laughs> I didn't really mean that. You know, you know what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that a lot of people feel that way. They just don't verbalize it. They're not going to tell you. Your spouse may not even tell you. They don't want to hurt you, and they don't think you get it anyway. <laughs> Listen to the words of the psalmist, David, David, as he reflects on God and his own life. Let's go to Psalm 137, verse 139, excuse me, Psalm 139, verse 7, where David, the psalmist, the, the great king of Israel, says, Where, he's talking to God, where can I go from your ruach, your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Let me stop there. A couple of thoughts. First, a little side teaching here, my Jewish brother or sister. Did you notice? Did you notice? Did you notice? David is asking God where he can go that he might escape who? The Spirit of God, your Ruach. He asks God, where can I go, God, from your Spirit? The Spirit of God, Ruach, in Hebrew. This is the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And remember that I'm in the Tanakh, brother or sister. So my, my Jewish brother or sister, when, when, when you hear and you think to yourself, boy, the, the Shema says, you know, very clearly there is one God, and there is only one God, and he is one. So how can I, how can I understand, you know, the these messianics or these Christians out there, they believe in three, right? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They believe in three. You know, we Jews just believe in one. Okay, good. We do believe in one God, no question about it. You need to talk to King David. 
because he, he will explain it to you better than I can. Because what does King David say in Psalm 139? He says, he's speaking to God and he says, where can I go from your spirit? Okay, clearly he's talking to God and the spirit of God is God, but yet there is something distinct in as much as he delineates, where can I go from your spirit? And however you might say it, oh, well, what he meant was this, that's exactly what we mean also. This is the, this is the triune nature of God. Okay, so David is asking though, at getting back to the kind of the, my core point here, David is asking where he can go that would be out of God's presence. Where can I possibly go that would be out of your presence, God? This is very seminal to the question that we've been talking about here today. Then David proceeds to answer his own question. Let's hear what David says when he asks the question, where can I go away from your presence, O God? Verse eight, if I go up to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in Shaul, Shaul, look, you are there too. If I take the wings of the dawn and settle on the other side of the sea, as a side note, that sounds like an airplane to me, doesn't it? He has my flying overseas. It sounds, but anyway, he's saying if I go across the world, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely darkness covers me, night keeps light at a distance from me, even darkness is not dark for you, and night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are alike. <laughs> Beloved, listen. If you are feeling alone, remember this. God is always with you. God is always with you, brother or sister. Even my, my, my Jewish friend, even in the midst of the pain of everything going on in Israel and the anti-Semitism, God is always with you. You are not alone. You are never alone. My believing brother or sister, when you feel like no one is with you, remember that God is always with you. <laughs> and my lonely friend, you are never alone. Never! Wow. No matter how bleak things look, no matter how others don't seem to understand you or get you, regardless of how those even close to you don't get it, God gets it. And he will never abandon you. He will never abandon you. Even in the complete darkness, he is there with you. Remember even when you were a kid, right? 
when you went to bed sometimes as a little kid and it was dark and it'd be kind of scary. He's always with you. Always. When we grow up to be adults, we put on our adult hat and try to act like we got no issues. We're not afraid of anything. We got things under control. But God knows. God knows sometimes your insecurities, what hurts when you feel so isolated, when people don't understand. He's with you. He gets you. He won't abandon you. He is there with you. Continuing the next verse, verse 13. For you, he's still talking to God, for you have created my conscience. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Mm. I praise you for I'm awesomely, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows well that very well. Okay. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was unformed and in your book were written the days that were formed when not one of them had come to be. Wow. Another quick side teaching is that this passage in Psalm 139 unequivocally reveals God as being pro-life. There is no other way to read that. If you believe in the book, read Psalm 139. You can't come to any other conclusion. It says, you knit me together in my mother's womb, not cells. You already, I was already me when I was in my mother's womb, you see? But it also shows that truly you can never be alone. Even when you are completely unaware of God's presence, such as when you're in the womb, God is with you. How much more so when you're weeping and you're hurting and you're feeling abandoned. You are not abandoned. God is with you. He cares. All so often, this is so relatable. Why? Because all so often people will come to moments in their lives and, and, and a tear may fall and they think in their heads that they're alone. That's one of the reasons God put this scripture in. He said, listen, even when you're in the womb, you've, how aware were you of God's presence in the womb? It doesn't matter. You, you were in the complete darkness and, and, and you, you, you could, all you could really hear was <laughs> I mean, you were still growing and developing and God was with you. God was with you, even in the womb. Think about that. So in other words, God's presence being with you so that you're not alone is not dependent upon your noticing that he's with you. You get that? 
It's kind of cool, actually. It's, it hel- it's helpful. It's encouraging. It should be encouraging to you. Wow, it should be uplifting to you. Because I'm going to tell you something. Almost everybody feels alone at one time or another. Maybe you're just, maybe you're living your, your best life right now and you, you really don't feel alone. You don't feel isolated or lonely or alone by yourself really at all anytime. And if so, that's great. Maybe you have your, your, your regular quiet time and, and you never feel God distant from you and you always feel, and if so, I, I, don't mean that, I don't mean that glibly. I mean that sincerely, then praise God. That's, that's a wonderful thing. But I'm gonna tell you, most people feel that way at one time or another. If you don't right now, maybe you did a year ago, two years ago. Maybe you did, maybe you will in the future. This psalm is in here to teach us something, to show us something. The whole psalm is intended to convey the message of God's care for you, his presence as always being with you, and and not just, oh, he's there as just like a neutral observer, just kind of hanging around watching what goes on, like some kind of Truman Show video, and and, and he's just kind of like observing, oh boy, that's interesting. No, 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 he's there holding your hand. He's there to take care of you. You need to know this when you're feeling alone. Something interesting, oftentimes when we look at our lives, we notice that things that vexed us so much in one season seem not quite as bad when we look at it, look back at it with the perspective of time. This is something that is just true. And I bet that most of you can acknowledge that as you reflect upon it in your own life. What was the biggest concern you had in your life seven years ago? Well, you'd probably have to think about it a second. But surely at the time, it felt insurmountable. It felt horrific. It's so interesting that the perspective can be skewed. This is the point I'm trying to make. Our perspective can be skewed in the moment when we're going through something. I've even noticed that sometimes, uh, and I've noticed this multiple times in my own life, I, and when, when I have some anxiousness about something and I'm, and I'm worried or, you know, not that I should be, but I'm feeling kind of like tense inside about something or a situation. I've discovered that sometimes even a good night's sleep will give me a renewed perspective the next morning. Is that whatever it is that I'm going through and, I, and I'm feeling tense about and when I, when I have that uh, uh, consternation uh, and, and then I'll go to sleep. And if I get a, if I can actually go to sleep sometime the next morning, I still feel the weight of it, but it's not quite as heavy as before I went to bed. Has anybody else ever experienced that before? Yeah. It's so interesting how that works. <laughs> and so we see in this, uh, between the one situation and the other situation about how our view can be uh, different 
with the passage of time and as we look back, we see that oftentimes our view is skewed. We see this with the benefit of retrospection and as we talk about it right now, we all can admit that, you know what, it's, it's true. I really hadn't thought about it, but it's easy for our view, our perspective to be skewed at any one moment, but then six months later, five years later, it's different. We feel different and we think, wow, I, I, I was worked up about this, but it worked out in this way. Or even if it wasn't good, you know, the, the Lord seen me through it. Or, or if I'm, I'm feeling this way, but the next morning there's, there's something that lifts a little bit sometimes. And wow, uh, you know, what, what is this? It, it reveals to us that we can sometimes have this skewed perspective. Much in the same way, we may feel very alone sometimes. Oftentimes, there are times in our lives where we're going to feel alone. I don't care who's around you. But it's like that old poem, Footprints in the Sand, right? We will discover in the end that God was sometimes carrying us. And in the end, he was always caring for us. So we may not feel it in the moment, right? We, we, we may not feel it in that second, but that's the truth. See, that's the truth. Continuing with that same psalm, going back to the beginning of it, verse one, Psalm 139. What a great psalm. Verse one, it says, For the music director, a psalm of David, Adonai, you searched me and know me. Whenever I sit down or stand up, you know it. You discern my thinking from afar. You observe my journeying and my resting, and you are familiar with all my ways. Wow, listen to this. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Adonai, you know all about it. <laughs> you hemmed me in behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Wow, what a, what a great passage. Woo! Man, see, see, again, it's not merely that God is there. He knows your thinking. He knows your thinking. He knows what you're gonna say before you say it. And I love this. I absolutely love this. I love the visual of it. King David has a way of conveying things in a way that I can understand. It says that God has hemmed you in behind you and in front of you. He has hemmed you in, man. Wow. That, that is powerful. That is some powerful stuff right there. Talk about protected. Brother or sister, you are protected. God is protecting you. Talk about intimate. Talk about love. Talk about love. He's hemmed you in behind you and before you. He's hemmed you in. That's, that's seriously tight. And remember, this is true even when you feel so very alone. 
So when you feel like you're all by yourself and that no one understands you and that no one is with you, even in these very moments, even in those very moments where you feel so isolated and we felt isolated in so many ways, even when you're feeling so isolated, God has sealed you in his protective covering in front of you and behind you. Boom. It's like God dropped the mic right there. Boom, what do you want? <laughs> I got you in the cocoon. <laughs> he has got you. That, that amazes me. That encourages me. And you know what? That should encourage you too. Wow, when you look at it with that perspective, it, it makes me smile. It makes me feel a little bit good about how much God loves me, how much God cares for me, even, even with my quirkiness. I gotta think that, that God gets tired of my jokes. <laughs> oh, I gotta think that he's like, wow, he could have changed that when he was in his mother's womb. <laughs> because I'm gonna tell you something, friends, regarding what's going on around you. It doesn't really matter what protesters or the United Nations say. It doesn't matter what the media or people who hate believers do. It doesn't matter if you feel like no one understands what it is that you are personally going through. In fact, God cares so very much for you that he knows that you feel lonely even before you're able to say, I feel lonely. Before you even say it, he knows it. That's how intimately he cares for you and he loves you. But just like other things, we need to adjust our perspective to know, and I mean to truly know that he is always with you. To know it, it changes. It changes everything. It changes your perspective on life. It changes how you feel about other people as they relate to you. To know that regardless of whatever there is around you, whatever misunderstandings there are about you, how some people, you know, your, your, your spouse, your best friend, your rabbi, all of us are human. God is not human. He gets it. He gets you. And he's with you. And he's always with you. And he's not going to abandon you. Because if you really do believe this, then just like King David, your whole outlook will change so much that you will say, just like he said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. It's exact his words. You understand it if you get it. In other words, this is so magnificent, so wonderful that I can barely even attempt to understand it. Wow. It wasn't original to, to him, but I remember Rabbi E used to frequently say that you and God make a majority. You remember that, Bill and Jill? You remember he used to say that all the time. You and God make a majority. 
John chapter 14. John 14. Listen to what our Messiah Yeshua promised us. Listen to what he promised us. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, uh, a spoiler. You'll, you'll find some similarities in, in core and thought with the psalm we just read, Psalm 139. John chapter 14. Here's what Messiah Yeshua promised us in verse 16. He said, Yeshua said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so he may be with you forever. Who is this helper? Ah, the Ruach, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. You know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Woo, wow, what? What does that remind you of? To me, it reminds me straight up, Psalm 139. Wow, those passages are so related. They're so connected. Uh, There's such truth in the the continuity of the Scripture and what Messiah Yeshua says here. Remember what was Psalm 139? Where can I go from your spirit? And Yeshua says the exact same thing. The Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, is your helper. He will be with you forever and is within you. He is within you. And how how beautiful it is that Yeshua specifically says that he will not abandon us as orphans. You see, some of you may have an orphan mentality Let's face it, it's, it's not always easy being alone. And then when others hurt us or abandon us, it can make the feelings of loneliness all the more pronounced. But you see, Yeshua is an answer for that. He is an answer for that. And he said, I sent you the Spirit, the Helper, the Ruach, to help you and to be in you. The Spirit of God. This is the same Spirit that King David talked about in Psalm 139. Same exact Ruach. Same Spirit. And he said, I've sent you the Spirit who will help you, and he will be in you. He's talking about never being alone. The Spirit of God is within you if you are a follower of him. The Spirit of God is with You are never by yourself. Let's conclude with Romans 8, which, which kind of brings us to Romans 8, which is consistent with Psalm chapter 139, which is consistent with John chapter 14. And you've heard Romans 8 is the most famous of those passages that I've listed. But if you understand Romans 8 in connection with Psalm 139 and John chapter 14, it makes even more sense. And if I could say it this way, hits home a little bit more. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 38. It says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Wow. 
Yeah, amen is right. That is beautiful. <laughs> and do you notice the symmetry with Psalm 139? I mean, it is, uh, Mark, our service leader, is a, uh, is a published poet. And as, as a published poet, Mark, you gotta love the symmetry between 139 there and Romans chapter eight. It is so beautiful to see the connection between the two of them. Be encouraged, brother or sister. Be encouraged in your own life. If you're watching online, listening to the podcast, be encouraged. It is not our, our lot in life, if you will. It is just not our lot in life to always be the popular one. <laughs> We're by default many times not the popular kid, right? Hear me, teens and young adults, oftentimes we are in the minority. Frequently we are put down and we are minimized, sometimes ignored or hurt. And when you're crying on your pillow or when you're reading or seeing hurtful things that make you feel isolated, never forget Never forget, never forget Romans chapter eight, that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing, 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 nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua. The title of my message is God is always with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If that is you, then boy, if you receive him, you will be touched. You will be changed. And guess what? <laughs> he will come and dwell within you. Never alone. So if that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you'd like to, lift your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never, if you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you want to today, if that's you, just kind of lift your hand and we'll pray. Was there anybody, if that's you? God bless you, yeah. Was there anybody else? Just lift your hand if that's you. God bless you. Maybe you're watching online or listening to the podcast and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If that's you, just re repeat the simple prayer after me. And if you are here today and you raised your hand, you just repeat the simple prayer just to, your, just to the Lord. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you and I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins, God. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name. Let's all stand if we can now. And if you said that prayer for the first time, if you're if you're watching online, I want you to send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. Any of you here who said that prayer for the first time, I want you to see me right after the service because I want to celebrate with you. God bless you. I saw. And, and you're transformed and know that you are never alone. Similarly for all of us, 
If you've ever felt alone or lonely or isolated, I want to pray for all of us. I know I felt that way at times. If you've ever felt misunderstood, Lord, I pray for each and every person here, God. Lord, anybody who's felt alone, anybody who's felt isolated, anybody who's felt misunderstood or like nobody gets them or that nobody cares for them, God, I pray that you touch each and every person, including those who are watching and listening. God, and let us recognize what you say in Psalm 139 and what you say in Romans chapter 8. Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, God, that nothing can separate us from your love, O Lord. And wherever we go, you are there, so much so that you know our thoughts. You know what we're going to say before we even say them. God, you love us that much. You are with us. And it says, God, that you will lay your hand upon us. Oh, thank you, Lord. We need your hand upon us, especially in this time. I can, I, it's hard for me to imagine being more encouraged than having your hand upon us. Thank you, Lord. We love you with all of our hearts, God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us get glimpses of your presence in our lives. Thank you for all these things. We trust in you, in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.